Hello, it's Dawn, and this is my podcast, Conversations. It's a variety show about real life stuff, and there's something on here for everybody. So if that sounds good to you, let's go. Hi, Aaron. Hello, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you sound great. Okay, I am perfect. so stuffed up. I can only hear out of one of my ears. So if I'm yelling, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> oh my gosh. I went in today just to get checked again because I couldn't taste this morning. I couldn't smell oh. like, do I have COVID? But no, I'm <laughs> fine. Um, Good. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You know, this is one of the episodes where I really regret that I don't do video as well, because your pictures that you posted of your work or the work that is available to people is amazing. So, oh, thank you. I'm just okay. I do have some questions, but it's probably gonna be a lot of you just like explaining everything. Um, Uh So what you do is scalp micropigmentation. Is that correct? Yes. Would that be the same thing as a tattoo? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll probably explain a lot of this during the during the show or the episode. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, for all intents and purposes, at the end of the day, yes, we're, we're tattooing. We're using needles to put uh, pigment in your skin. So, I mean, in, in that respect, it's a tattoo, but that's pretty much where the similarities end. I mean, <laughs> after that, it's all different. Okay. Yeah. So, the ink and everything is different than what you would get with a tattoo? 100% different. Yeah interesting so tell me go back go back what got you into this um so actually it was uh my ex-partner she did hair and makeup for a long long time um and she came home one day and said hey i found this thing i can do where i can tattoo hair on people's heads and i kind of laughed and i said you know in my head i'm picturing drawing hairstyles like curls and you know those kind (laughs) of things on someone's head (laughs) so I said, okay, yeah, sure. Um, And then she brought it home. um, And the person that was training her was actually a good friend of mine, someone that I had taught to bartend uh, at one point. So, you know, he was showing her these things. And then once it all started coming together, I was looking at it and I said, this is, this is going to be huge one day. This is amazing how real this looks. Um, you know, and then I started fooling around with it. I've always been an artist. I love to draw and paint and those things. And, uh, you know, she was getting annoyed with me cause I'm always on her machine playing with it. And <laughs> so I said, all right, I got to learn this. Um, yeah. so yeah, so I learned and How long does it take to actually learn it, like to go through the training? And then I saw that you're a master. So how do you get, how, how long does it take to get to that level? Um, uh, so as far as the training, I mean, I'm, I'm still training. I'm about 10 years in now and I still, um, you know, I try to get education wherever I can. I mean, in terms of, in terms of the actual training, um, about, I mean, I offer training as well, so I can just, I'll go by mine. My training is about a week to two weeks, depending on the student. Um, and then depending on where you are in the country, what state or or city you're in, a lot of them will require what's called an apprenticeship. So you have to apprentice under someone that's, you know, certified or established, you know, for example, in Las Vegas, you can't apprentice someone unless you've been, you know, um, certified or card carrying for at least five years. So Oh, wow. 
they take yep. it serious then. Is it different amount of hours for every state? It is. Yeah. So, you know, when I came to Minnesota, they wanted at least two hours. Um, some, you know, some states or jurisdiction want you to do a certain number of clients. Um, most of them, I'd say, you know, probably 70% of the states or cities or counties out there want you to, you know, they, they put a time limit on it, like six months or eight months under, you know, someone that's certified. Okay. So yeah. it is very similar to hair school because I'm a former hairstylist and you have, okay. to, yeah. So do you have um, so many credit hours that you have to get for like every two years? Um, you don't, I mean, once it's certified and this is something I've, I've been working with a lot of the other, you know, older established artists in our community to try to come up with a board that, you know, says, you know, that can put that label on you that, okay, this person is a master technician or a master artist or a master trainer. Um, because realistically, I mean, anyone can do that. You can come right out of school and put on your website that you're a master artist. So we're trying to get to a point to kind of regulate that to say, okay, are you a master after you've been doing this for 10 years? Are you a master after you've done 200 clients? Um, right. So, you know, generally kind of the rule of thumb is once you've done 100, you know, you can call yourself a master, but there's really no there's no board that's going to come down on you and say, no, you're not, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, which is kind of scary in a way, you know, if there's places that are not regulating it because you've seen bad work before. We Horrible. all have, yeah. you know, and yeah. I've had my eyebrows done with the microblading. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, I, it was so cool. It made such a huge difference. So you're helping people that have undergone chemo, and uh -huh. that have scars, like you're helping people, not just for a cosmetic type of, you know, it's like it, it affects you mentally, emotionally, if Big your time. hair doesn't look just, just right. Do you have a lot of female clients? More and more re uh, recently. Yes. I mean, that's really a market that's just starting. Awesome. Um, you know, when you look up scalp micropigmentation, most of what you're going to see is your typical, you know, 40, 50 year old male with a shaved head. Um, cause that's pretty much when we started, that's about all, all we were really doing. Um, I mean, it's evolved so much since I started, but in one of those ways that it's involved, yeah, is into the female market into women. I mean, women suffer from a lot of different, you know, hormonal imbalances, um, that can affect mm -hmm. their hair. Um, you know, a lot of women that have worn ponytails really tight for a long time, their temples will start to, to thin. Um, so it's really easy to go in there and fill all that stuff in. So how long does it last? Um, it is semi-permanent um, and that's by design. Uh, so by semi-permanent, you know, depending, God, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but on average, you're going to get 10 to 15 years out of a procedure. Oh, um, that's a long time. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's got a pretty good lifespan. Um, the reason we don't want it to be permanent is, you know, a lot of times we're putting new hairlines on people um, or, you know, we're matching your hair color, your tone and your shade that you have today. You know, as we age, our hair gets softer, things lighten up. So the procedure ages with you and lightens over time, you know, and eventually it will go away. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you come in my office today and you're 45, I don't want you to be 80 with, you know, a hairline <laughs> that just looks completely unnatural and not the same color as your hair. Yeah. Right. Right. So do you do, um, like goatees and mustaches? Yes. So that's another one of the evolutions of the industry as we've started to get into facial hair, um, that mostly sprouted out of us do working with alopecia clients, you know, so you've got the, 
you know, without going too long winded into it, you got the, the three types of alopecia, you know, you have the areata, which is your standard, you'll see little patches missing out of, out of your hair on your scalp. Um, and then you have the totalis, which affects the whole head, you know, eyebrows, beards, mustaches, all that stuff. And then the universalis, uh, you know, will affect the whole body. So yeah, we start out filling in, you know, someone might have a, a, a patch missing on their beard or their mustache or an eyebrow. And we started doing that. And now we have a lot of guys out there um, that are just they'll do a full beard and put it on you. Um, I try really? not to. Yeah, I, I, I've done it. Um, you know, it, it looks really good when it's done right. It's just, you know, this person's got to be married to five o'clock shadow on their face for the next 10 years. So you <laughs> That's it's yeah. kind of a good commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, it's not just something where it's like, I don't think this is going to work for me. <laughs> exactly. Like, well, it's done. Uh -huh. so is it, do you do it all in one session or do they come back in little spurts? Yeah, it's done in sessions. Um, so, uh, I quote my clients three to four sessions. Uh, typically I'm done in three sessions. I'd say that's 99.9% .9 of the time. Um, the sessions are typically scheduled seven days apart. Um, you know, for a typical, let's say male pattern baldness, you're looking at around two and a half to three hours for a session. Pretty quick. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it, that is quick. Yeah. Um, and, and it's instantaneous really. I mean, just even having my brows done, I think it took like two, three hours, but it was like afterwards, it was like, wow, that is so awesome. The difference it made. And it shaved so much time off of me getting ready in the morning. Cause I didn't have to sit there and try and draw them on. And, and it is a, definitely a boost to your ego. To it have, is big time just to wake up. You know, I woke up like this. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, do you have like a, a plan then for people so that they know they have to come back, you know, like, okay, we're going to do this now. Like, do they get punch cards or <laughs> so that they keep coming back to you and getting it refreshed? Um, yeah. So it's, uh, well, yeah, I mean, everybody's on a case by case basis, right? So when, you know, the first, the first step is a consultation. So they come in for a consultation, okay. you know, I see exactly what we're dealing with, what I need to do. And then, yeah, I lay out the schedule form, you know, this is when I'm going to see you ideally. Um, but once they're done, I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about this procedure. There really is no upkeep. There's no long-term maintenance. Um, you know, mine's, you know, coming up on 10 years old, I've never had to do anything to it. You know, it looks a little lighter, but my hair's gotten a little lighter. You know, when I, <laughs> when I got it done, I was in my thirties, I'm in my forties now. So, yeah. So yeah. does it hurt? Um, nothing like a traditional tattoo. Um, you know, that's one of the big differences. So, you know, I tell people it's annoying. I'm going to be poking you over and over again. Um, but that's one of the big differences again, as opposed to traditional tattoos is, you know, shallow in the layers you know we're right up in that top layer there's no bleeding there's no scabbing like you get with tattoos we're not hitting those nerve endings a lot of guys fall asleep and girls girls are my toughest no my female clients are my toughest clients oh that's um, funny yeah you guys are tough um my, <laughs> my, the, my biggest babies are the big muscle heads that come in the tough guys they're always the, the crock uh yeah, yeah but, we're um, all in it for the pain it doesn't matter as long yeah, as exactly. it's yeah, just a souvenir um so, yeah, I mean, I'm poking you over and over again. It can get irritating, but I fell asleep during mine. A lot of guys fall asleep, especially when I roll them over and they're on their stomach and I'm working near the back of their head. Um, they're out cold. It's really, yeah. it's pretty easy, as, you know, as compared to a tattoo. Is there anybody that you cannot do this on? Yeah. Um, so, you know, in terms of skin tone, you know, anyone that's 
super, super light, you know, someone that comes in silver Fox, like Anderson Cooper, something like that. You know, I don't have white pigment that I can put on someone's head to match. Right. Um, you know, I can work with all the way down to salt and pepper. Um, you know, hair, I did my father's head and he's, you know, salt and pepper, probably more salt than pepper. And it, it came out good. Cause, um, you know, the pigment we use is on the gray scale. So it goes from very, very, very light grays to really, really dark black. Um, so yeah. And then on the, on the extreme other side of that, would be, you know, people that are super, super dark complected, you know, where it's just, it's just not going to show up on them. doesn't matter how dark we go. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Um, so that's in terms of, you know, the, the skin tone or the canvas that we're working with, you know, other than that, I mean, we can work with pretty much anybody, you know, anyone that's got any kind of skin conditions, eczema, psoriasis, things like that. We obviously avoid, um, you know, people with type two diabetes are really susceptible to, infection so you know those are a no-go for us but okay well I mean, hence why you have the consultation exactly exactly but uh um, outside of that pretty much anybody's a candidate i'm surprised that you can do it on scars and that it takes it yeah so that's that's another thing that kind of you know came about because when we first started it was you know don't mess with scar tissue um just because you know i think a lot of people didn't understand it but then we started seeing um you know and this has been going on for a while tattoo artists work with scars they do a lot of really neat cover-up stuff so people thought well why not why can't we work on scars so you know we started trying and you know some trial and error and now yeah we can do amazing stuff with scar tissue um you know there's some some limitations, you know, it's the you know, scars got to be at least a year old. It's got to be healed, um, things like that. But yeah, I mean, that's been a huge, huge boon to our industry. I'd say probably, I'd say 35 to 40% of what I do is fixing hair transplant scars. Or I work with an oncologist down in Vegas that'll send me um, patients that he's had to remove brain tumors from or things like that. And we can cover those scars up for people. It's, it's really neat stuff. Oh my gosh. That yeah. is so awesome. That, yeah. you know, doing that kind of job is rewarding anyway, but when you're helping somebody that's been through a huge road like that, yeah. and then not only they're, they're healthy inside now, but you're making them feel like themselves again yeah. by making their appearance. Oh, that's awesome. I love it, that. It is really, really rewarding work. I mean, I've, I've got, man, so many cool stories of just, you know, I mean, just what it did for me was amazing. I, I, I'm a pretty confident guy and I never really thought about my thinning hair affecting me. But once I had this done, it was, you know, a huge boost that I wasn't expecting. Okay. So what was it that made you get into it? Did you, were you receding or what was going on with your hair? Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I feel like on the night of my 30th birthday is when all my hair fell out. It kind of, <laughs> I, went from, I went from having just really thick full hair to, I mean, just noticing that it was thin. Um, and yeah, I just started noticing hair in my shower, on my pillow. And I was like, what is going on here? And I never paid much attention to it. You know, I always, you know, still kind of styled it. And I think I mentioned I worked in, in bars and nightclubs most of my professional life before I did this. Um, so I'm in my bar one night. It's a graveyard shift. No one's in there. Um, and I'm just cleaning up behind the bar. And I looked up at our security cameras and I see someone behind my bar. My heart starts pounding because I think I'm getting robbed or something. So I turn around. Nobody's there. Um, so I turn around again, look at the camera and it's me. And the reason I didn't think it's me is because there's a big balding spot on the top of my <laughs> oh, head. No. And, yeah. And I was like, no way this can't be me. And I kept looking again and putting my hand over it. Um, so yeah, oh. next, next day I go out, I buy a bunch of hats. Um, 
and from then I just, you know, I ran the gauntlet of hair loss solutions from, you know, the scalp stain to the, the topic fibers, Rogaine. I tried that for about a year and didn't, didn't do anything for me. So yeah. So when this came about and um, uh, like I said, my ex-partner brought this in, I, I was the guinea pig. So yeah. <laughs> I wanted yeah. to ask you too, when you're doing the technique, is mm -hmm. it like a, a dot or do you do like a flick? I mean, how do you make it look like an actual follicle? It is. Yeah. So it's a dot. Um, and, you know, to your point where you are trying to match follicles, which, you know, when your head is shaved down, it's a little dot. Um, you know, when we're doing, you know, the technique's a little bit different when we're adding density to someone with longer hair. So like a lot of my female clients, um, you know, we're not creating the follicle pattern so much. I mean, we are in a way, but we're creating more of a, you know, shadow and uh, depth mm -hmm. under there. So it's a little bit different. The dots are a little bit different. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's hundreds of thousands of dots. We're putting oh in my gosh. Yeah. That's got to strain your eyes. You have to wear special glasses when you do it. You know, I'm lucky. I've got, uh, I've still got the eagle eyes. I don't need the glasses. A lot of people wear those magnifiers with the lights on them or, you know, we have those little... Uh, lamps with the magnifying glass built in that you can bring down in front of you but i don't need them yet thank god yeah i don't yeah. hear so oh, good but i don't see i, I can still see well <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great well is there anything else that you want to share anything that i haven't thought to ask um you know i think we covered a lot of it uh i guess i can kind of go over some of the frequently asked questions that i get um yeah in for regards sure. Do to the it. procedure so, you know, one of the one of the things that I think we touched on this a little bit is a lot of people say, you know, how bad is this going to hurt? Because, you know, most people today have tattoos and they kind of remember what that felt like. And the thought of getting a tattoo on your scalp is a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's really minimally, minimally invasive. Um, we're really shallow in your dermal layers, you know, right up there in that top dermal layer. So, you know, as I said before, there's no bleeding, there's no scabbing. We're not hitting down by those nerve endings. So, you know, again, a lot of people fall asleep or, you know, we've got TVs in the procedure rooms where mm -hmm. you can turn a movie on or or we're just talking and BS and it goes by pretty quick. So relatively right. painless. You know, there's some, you know, some slight discomfort, but it's not anything like a traditional tattoo where you're going to okay. be just grinding this out. And um, Well, and I know when I got my eyebrows <clears> done, they put like lidocaine or whatever on and that helped to numb it a ton. <laughs> so you really couldn't feel it that much. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, unfortunately we don't, we don't do the numbing cream just again, because we're so shallow in the skin, it can really kind of mix with the pigment and mess with what we're doing. So, oh. um, you know, and luckily we really don't need it. Like again, because, you know, as a, even with eyebrows, when they're doing the microblading, they're cutting pretty deep into you. Yeah. Um, so we're not even that close to, um, getting down there to where it's going to hurt like that. <clears throat> okay. Um, let's see what else people ask. Um, Oh, is it, is this stuff going to turn blue or green? Um, you know, because you see a lot of people with older yes. tattoos that were once black that are now green or blues. Um, so what was happening and they're getting a lot better about this tattoo pigment is to get these really rich, deep black tones. They're mixing colors because the tattoo inks are, you know, there are a lot of artificial colors and dyes. So they're mixing blues and greens and purples. And that's how they get these really pretty rich, deep black colors. But what happens, and you know, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but when you get a tattoo, um, your immune system is constantly attacking this thing, right? Because you, you've, you've put something in your body that doesn't belong there. Your immune system doesn't recognize it. So it's constantly being attacked. So, and that goes with any tattoo, even with what we do. So 
what happens is the bonds that are holding these blacks and greens and purples or whatever they use to get these black colors, they start breaking down as, as your immune system's attacking it. And that's when the blues and the greens start to show through. So the difference between SMP pigment and that is we don't use tattoo inks. Um, ours are 100% natural organic compounds, stuff that's already in your body. So there's nothing that can break down or change color over time. Um, it just gets lighter. Wow. You know? So that's a big difference because a lot of people worry about that. Is my head going to be blue one day, you know, five years down the road? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what you're going for. Do people, do you stress to people to wear sunscreen then? Yeah. So it's, you know, it is a lot of common sense tattoo care. So, you know, I tell people if you're going to be in the sun all day, you know, put some sunscreen on or wear a hat. I've purposely treated mine terribly uh, just because, <laughs> <laughs> just because I want to see how long it's going to last under the worst conditions. Um, you know, we were telling people down in uh, Vegas, you know, you can expect, you know, 10 to 13 years out of a procedure, you know, in more moderate climates, you know, like in the UK where this whole thing kind of started, that was the genesis of everything. You know, they're getting a little bit longer places up in Seattle or, you know, even up here in Minnesota where our new office is, you know, the climate's a little bit more moderate. We're not under the sun all the time. You know, people are more indoors more often. So, you know, the lifespan is going to be a little bit longer, maybe a year or two longer. Um, but yeah, I've, I've fried my head a couple times, you know, sunburns and not wearing sunscreen and, you know, I'm going on 10 years now, I think my procedure is, and it's still looking good. It's got a little lighter, but it still looks, it still looks good. So that's um, awesome. Okay. So, and then another thing that I meant to ask you, um, if people are wanting to learn how to do this, is it something that like, how do you find a school or how do you find where to go learn how to do that? So, yeah, I'm glad you asked that. So it's actually something I've become really passionate about. And a lot of the, a lot of the older guys and I and girls in the industry have got together and started talking about this because, you know, this thing is just blowing up so fast. Um, it's really going mainstream now. And the more people that get a hold of it and the more people that see it, um, obviously want to get into it and want to get into doing it. You know, Hollywood's got a hold of it now. I've done a couple of celebrities. Ooh, can't, I can't can really you... out them. I can, I can ah! tell you, I can tell you when we hang up. <laughs> when okay, we, okay, okay. I signed sorry. NDAs with a couple of these people, so I don't want to out them. Yeah. Um, the more people that find out about it, the more that want to get into it. And obviously the bigger demand, the more people that want to learn. Um, and unfortunately there's just, there's so many shady, you know, quote yeah. unquote trainers out there that are just, you know, they're cramming 10 people in a room together over a weekend and handing out certifications at the end. Right. You know, they're just not ready. Um, I mean, I went to three different schools before I was comfortable working on somebody. You did, there is training available out there to do this. I mean, um, the scary thing is in a lot of jurisdictions, just because they're not quite sure how to handle us yet or how to classify or license us, um, there really is no oversight or governing body for scalp micropigmentation. They either lump you in with tattoo artists or estheticians. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as scalp micropigmentation specifically, there's nobody that's going to say, okay, you know, you are certified from a, you know, from a government standpoint, right. state government or federal or, or whatever. So yeah, you really want to find good training. I had no interest in training until I saw just how many bad trainers there were out there and you know bad trainers make bad artists you know which in turn do bad work and that hurts us all you know because when you gosh nine years ago when you would google scalp micropigmentation you would see a lot of really cool stuff online really good work and now half of what you see is just botched procedures you know yeah Green heads, blue heads and yeah it's just yeah. bad so and a lot of that comes down to, to poor training so 
yes, there is training available. You want to find a quality trainer. You know, that I always tell people, look for someone. You know, first thing you want to do is see their portfolio. Is their work good? Do you want to be doing work like that? Um, how long have they been doing this? Um, can they give you testimonials? Can you talk to some of their previous students? What are their previous students doing now? Did they go on to be successful or did they flounder? I mean, those are all questions people should be asking, but um, yeah, so there are a lot of really good trainers out there, you know, but like with any industry, there's, there's bad, bad schooling too. So yeah, so you had a location in Vegas and now you just opened a new one in Minnesota. Yeah. So we still have the one in Vegas. Vegas was my first one. Um, yeah, we just opened here up in Minnesota in I think August. So my goal is to do one more and retire. (laughs) Wow. And you're young. So that's a great goal. Geez. Good for you. Why did you pick Minnesota? Why What's that? Why did you pick Minnesota? It's a great, a really, really good market. Um, it's still kind of catching on out here in the Midwest. You know, I think in Vegas, we had around 3 million people uh, in the Valley. And when I left there, I think there was a little artist. I was one of the first three. We opened the same year, the first three of us there. And so Minnesota, I had no idea that uh, it was this big out here. The Twin Cities is, you know, bigger than the Vegas Valley. I think it's three and a half million or 3.75 million. Um, so it's a big market and not a lot of people doing it out here. So, you know, it was ripe to, to open one. Um, also, kind of ironic. you'd think they'd all be wearing hats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So it was just, you know, a good business move. Um, I think, and it's, yeah, it's been going good. It's catching on great out here. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. I think those are the main ones. Yeah. And you know, just a difference between, you know, what we do in a regular tattoo, our our needles are super, super tiny. They're about the size of a hair follicle. So they're not those big rakes that they're dragging across your skin in a tattoo studio that people are used to. They're super, super small. Um, and again, the pigment we use is not tattoo pigment. It's all organic stuff. So nothing that anyone's going to be allergic to or have reactions to or anything that's going to go south on you. So, yeah. Do um, you do eyebrows? You know, I will. I've, well, I take that back. I'm not going to map out a full brow and, and draw it on someone's face. That's just, you know, really not in my wheelhouse. Uh, I defer that to, a you know, a brow artist. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as, you know, filling stuff in, someone's got a scar on their eyebrow or, you know, they're missing a little bit due to alopecia, then yes, I can absolutely do that. Yeah, that's why I was getting mine done. I was, it was just for a spot that I just had because of my thyroid or something. I don't okay. know, but it was, it was just bald in one spot. But then when she like drew it on and what it was going to look like if she did the full thing, I was like, oh yeah, go ahead and do it all. Let's get the works. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's really good for that stuff. Little spot corrections, you know, on eyebrows or, or facial hair, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, oh, and then one, one other thing people always ask is, you know, because this is, it's a relatively expensive procedure as compared to a traditional tattoo. So, you know, for typical male pattern baldness, you're looking anywhere from, you know, that's your typical horseshoe shape, you know, on top of the head, probably 2,500 to 3,500, depending on where you are in the country. Um, so a lot of people ask, okay, why is that so expensive when, you know, a tattoo of comparable size would, you know, probably be five, six hundred, $700, depending on where you go. So, um, a couple big reasons for that. And you got to frame it in, in a certain perspective. Um, one, you know, if you're educated, right. And you've gone to schooling, um, you know, in a, in a reputable place to learn this, it's expensive. It's not cheap. I mean, I'm right. I've spent, so I've lost count of how much money I spent on training. You know, a good training course is going to probably run you around six to $7,000 to learn how to do this the right way. Um, 
you can't just go up, you know, apprentice under someone and, and think you're going to get it. Yeah. You're um, paying for the education. You're paying for somebody that has trained and trained and gone through all the education. That's worth it. A hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and then after that, I mean, all of our equipment is typically more expensive than regular tattoo stuff. I mean, just a tiny little bottle of our ink can run up to a couple hundred dollars. Um, you know, I can go buy a 10 ounce bottle of black tattoo pigment for, you know, 10 bucks. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, that's one big difference. And then, you know, you have to look at, you know, what else, what other options are out there? You have, you can get the hair transplant. I mean, those are going upwards of 15 to $20,000 now. Um, and it might work. It might not, you know, typically you're going to keep only around 60% of what they put in your head. That's not things that they tell you. Um, and then you're left with a big scar on the back of your head. So yeah. and that's, uh, and that's a lot of what, you know, we were talking earlier. I think I have to fix a lot of those. Um, yeah, I don't think that that is expensive at all. I mean, for the longevity that you get out of it. Mm -hmm. And again, you're paying for your expertise and your professionalism. Mm -hmm. I hated ever having to explain my costs when I was a hairstylist. It's like, there yeah. are a lot of other places you can go, go ahead. But if yeah. you want, you know, the results mm -hmm. that you want, it's definitely worth the money. It's an investment on yourself. Yes. Yeah. You're paying for experience. And yeah, this is your head. I mean, this isn't something you can throw a t-shirt over if you don't like it, you know? <laughs> um, and I mean, you can get them out, but they're painful. You get, get the laser removal. Yeah. So a whole nother well, and you could do it as a, a first step before you do like an actual hair <laughs> transplant down the road. You know, mm -hmm. if you're just starting out with uh, receding or just having that back bald spot on the back of your head or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that would definitely be a good introduction into how to make it look like you have hair. Yeah. Well, and absolutely. And this is also a great supplement to hair transplants. You know, people that have had hair transplants and they didn't get the density they were expecting or, you know, not all of the, the grafts or implants took. Um, we can go in there really easily and fill in whatever density is left and make it look nice and full like you want. So um, the two kind of go hand in hand. Um, and then the, you know, the other one would be the, um, the hair systems or, you know, they used to call them toupees. Now they're hair systems, yeah. um, which have gotten amazing, by the way, uh, these things are so realistic and they look so good. I had a guy come in for a consult and, you know, we were talking the whole time and he's asking questions and, you know, sometimes people are there for their brother or their dad or their, you know, on right. behalf of someone else. And I'm, this guy says, oh, you know, at the end of the consult, he says, Hey, all right, I'm ready to book. And I said, all right, well, I, no, not for nothing. I'm not saying I don't want your business, but you don't need this, man. Your head looks great. <laughs> you know? And he started laughing and said, this isn't my hair. This is a, this is a hair system. This is a, you know, a hair piece. And I said, no way. I got right up on it and I couldn't even tell. I mean, it looks oh. so, so good. Um, I've noticed that with wigs too. That oh they yeah. Those are great. Them. And that's yeah. great for people going through chemo and stuff. You don't want to look mm -hmm. like you've got a wig on. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So can you go ahead and promote yourself where people can find you? Yeah, sure. So um, my website is alpha micropigmentation.com. Um, you know, I've got a lot of really good information. I write a lot of blogs for the industry and stuff that are on there. Um, some gallery stuff you can look at. Um, yeah, the pictures are amazing. I'll be sure to post those when I put your episode up. I'll make sure I post those on my social media because that the, the pictures are just crazy awesome. Just oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. You do great work. Um, so yeah, <laughs> and then uh, a good piece of advice that you've been given. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> the best piece of advice I've been given was to stay in your lane or stay in my lane. Um, you know, meaning 
just don't worry about what everyone next to you is doing, um, you know, in business and in life too. Don't worry about what your competition's doing, how busy they are, what they're doing for, you know, how many people they're getting in their door. Worry about what you're doing. Um, focus on your own business and making yourself better you know, and in life too. Don't worry about what the neighbors are doing or what everyone on social media is doing. You, you'll run yourself crazy you know, so trying to true. keep up and half the time yeah. they're lying anyway. <laughs> that's so true that is great advice in yeah. this day and age i just hate the comparisonitis you know everybody's so worried about what everybody else is doing and it's just a waste of energy it really is yeah yeah well it was such a pleasure talking to you i'm so glad that you came up with some questions that i didn't think of because those were really good ones good points and mm -hmm. um i wish you the best of luck i hope you can retire soon yeah me too knock on wood yeah <laughs> all right thank you so much we'll talk all right to you thanks later. for having me you bet bye-bye all right bye-bye